Welcome to We Have This Hope. My name is Emily Curzon. This is a podcast about the study of scripture, the art of remembering, and the practice of telling. On the show, we'll explore the ways God calls his people to remember by studying scripture together, and we'll hear individual stories of hope anchored in the beautiful and ancient practice of remembering. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited today. I've already been having fun as we've been chit-chatting before we hit record because today I have with me Dustin, my producer and husband, and then we have our dear friend Todd Craig with us. Welcome, guys. Yes. Hello. Good to see you guys. Hello. Okay. So before we get started, I want to tell you all a little bit about our friend Todd, and then I'm excited for you all to hear what God has been doing in his life for a long time, but really summarizing it within the last couple of months. So Todd is a certified leadership coach, and he's chief of staff for Lighthouse Family Retreat in Florida, where he currently lives, which is so fun to say. (laughs) With yeah, his wife, Stephanie. Yeah, with his wife, Stephanie, and their three boys. But prior to living in Florida, Todd pastored Asbury Church at Asbury Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma for more than 15 years. And he has a background in all kinds of ministry. He has a Master's of Divinity from Asbury Theological Seminary, and he's a Tulsa native. So that's how Dustin and I met him. Uh, we met Todd at Asbury, where he was the cool older guy. And we were the awkward (laughs) college students, and he was our college minister. But what I love about this is, is, you know, you have friends that when you were younger, you weren't really quite peers, but you stick together long enough that you become friends. So that's what Todd is to us, Todd and Stephanie. We stuck stuck together. We hung around long enough that they had to be our friends. So we're really glad. I still view Todd as the cool older guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so Todd and Stephanie are our dear friends. We've shared holidays and vacations. Our families have done a lot together, have a lot of history. We used to sort of be neighbors. Our dogs used to play together. I was thinking (laughs) thinking about when Steph used to drop the dog off in our backyard so that they could get their energy out. So um and Todd did our wedding too. We so we love Todd. It's a joy to have you today and just to spend time together. He's someone that we consider to be wise and honest. Todd will tell you what's on his mind, but he will do that with wisdom and love. So I'm excited about what you're going to share with us around your own theology of remembering. So with that, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Emily. Yeah, well, it's so great to be here. And I've been... I shared this with you before, but I've been nerding out on your podcast because this idea of remembering is, I think it's so powerful and it's something that we generally don't do well. We're moving so fast and it's always about what's next. And this idea of remembering, and you talk about a theology of remembering, I think in the church, we're missing a theology of grief. I think we're also missing a theology of grieving and, and taking time to pause and as I was sharing with you when I was in seminary at an Old Testament theology class, and as we were studying the Old Testament, the word remember just shows up over and over and over again. It is the primary message, it feels like, of the Old Testament, certainly from judges and the prophets, to remember who their God is and remember what their God has done for them. And when they 
forget, that's when they end up in places of disobedience or sin or whatever. And in those moments, the prophets constantly call them to remembering who God is and again, what he's done for them. And so, yeah, when you started the podcast and, you know, the Bible studies and the, the interviews with people and this idea of remembering, and it's like you had a, a framework for how to remember in a way that was meaningful and it brought what was remembered into the present as well, which I thought was so beautiful. And even just a theology of remembering is there's just so much potential and possibility there. And so, so I've been kind of nerding out on that mm -hmm. and enjoying it. And as I shared with you, I choose a word every year um, to reflect on. And my word for last year was remember, which was so fascinating. And I, I chose that word because I'm was 46 at the time. And I had just gotten into a place where I was, I was just in that, like just the speed of life that I was just talking about and was always living for the next day and felt this need to perform and had all these things to do and prep for the next day or for whatever was next. I just, I got into a place where I wasn't able to relax into the moment that I was in and I chose the word remember because there was this time in my life it was probably right before we met honestly I was you know what I think about like from the age of 20 to 23 I had this just approach to life where I kind of think about it like I was force gumping my way through life like just with this naive trust and maybe, maybe just an authentic faith as well, right? Naive trust mm -hmm. and an authentic faith that God was just going to take care of things. And that allowed me to live with a freedom that I had lost somewhere along the way. So I chose the word remember, like, I know I'm never going to be 22 again, right? But I would like just, I, I wanted some of influence of that 22 year old childlike faith to live with me in in today and yeah I, I was i was doing things last year like i was playing rich mullins music and michael w smith music and stephen curtis chapman like just things that would remind me of that childlike faith it yeah. took me back it was the idea of remembering um and I chose a scripture that comes from 2 Timothy 1.6 that I kind of held on for much of the year, which says, for this reason, I remind you, and that word remind for me was to remember, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gives us does not make us timid. It gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Mm, and the that. idea for me was, if I can just relax into that, Remember who I am. Remember how God's gifted me. And I've seen evidence of that throughout my life. And just to live into that and then let everything else go. That was, that was the idea at the beginning of the year. Mm. I, can I say something about that scripture? Yeah, please. I'm just as, yeah. as you were reading it, I'm noticing like this idea of fan into flame mm. is cool. The visual of it for me and thinking that there, there is a, there, 
the art of remembering, this act of remembering, it, there is some discipline. There's a little bit of intention that comes with it. You think about starting a fire and how there, you have to tend the flames a little bit. There's some effort that goes into it, but really it's the, fl- the fire does most of the work. But I just thought that's kind of a cool image to think about remembering, yeah, fanning something into flame. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's good. I, I love that. As you were sharing that, and not to take the met- that metaphor too far, <clears throat> go there. Let's do it. At some point, you can you can fan too much, uh-huh. and it puts the fire out. And I think I I have this is yeah, I, mean, I just have this weakness where I find myself striving to perform. I think about this in the sense of, for me, a lot of people feel like. In order to receive God's grace, they've got to like clean their lives, get their together before they can, before God can extend his grace to them. And that's never really been a challenge for me. I, like, I have no problem receiving God's grace. My problem is I carry this like sick need to prove that God's not a fool for extending his grace to me. So my striving happens on the back end. Oh, because God extended his grace to me, like, I got to go prove that I was worth, um, which is just as, just as twisted as I've got to prove I deserve God's grace on the front end. So the scripture started to become a weight for me in the sense, like, if I'm not doing enough, I'm not faithfully living this. And it actually started to push down on me. And yeah, man, I, I, I Somewhere around March or April, instead of the scripture being an encouragement, it was hanging on my bathroom wall. I kept looking at it, looking for encouragement. But it, it started before I realized it to become a weight because of my just need, my felt need to perform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, would you, I wonder, would you go back a little bit so then uh-huh. we can go for it? Go back a little yeah. bit and tell us. A little bit more of like what 1999 Todd was like. You've referenced him before and you talked about like I w- you were trying to channel that version of yourself. What did your life look like and what was your relationship with God like? Would you say a little more about that? Yeah. So 1999, I, w- I had graduated Oklahoma Baptist University with a religion undergrad and was actually at Asbury Seminary. So Asbury's been in the news a lot the last month. I was at the seminary, which is right across the street from the college. And it, it's, it's been kind of fun seeing Asbury in the news again because, well, we didn't, we didn't have the big revival that you know, took place there a couple of weeks ago. Big revival in the sense that it makes the news and those sorts of things. There were pockets of that that were happening throughout the three years I was there. Wilmore, Kentucky is like in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, mm-hmm. and that there's not much there. It's beautiful. Our religious life director called it the Shire because it felt like just a safe space. And, and because of that, there was just, there's just a connection to God that was there in the midst, even of all the studying and that sort of thing. And I didn't know where I was going to be pastoring. But there was just a sense of calling. And if God's called me to this, like he's, he's going to take care of the next steps. Um, and yeah, it was just kind of that carefree 
living. And I say carefree, I think it was more trustful living. And yeah, that allowed just a lightness and a spaciousness is the way I would describe it in, in terms of life. There's kind of a sense that the world was my oyster. And yeah, there's just a joy that was there. Um, I was thinking about what was next, but I, but wasn't weighing on me. And yeah, it's just different now than it was then. When you look back, can you see milestones or seasons that started to change that relationship, that carefreeness that you had with, with the Lord? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it happened somewhat gradually. I was reflecting on this again last week, actually. I think somewhere along the way, like the narratives and the messages of my heavenly father, which I was holding on to, you know, really tightly, they were primary in my life. Somewhere along the way, the narratives and the messages from my earthly father started to take over. And I, I love my dad, but he, he had some of the same struggles that I have now, right? When the, the struggle of our fathers, the sins of our fathers get passed down. And I remember my dad saying things like to me, like, and they were well-intentioned things like mediocrity is not an option. Right. And so there was this drive to do my best in things. And as I took on a pastoral role, there were responsibilities that were there. And I think for me, I saw, I saw potential in myself. I saw potential in our congregation. I saw potential in the church leadership. And I'm just driven in such a way that I want to see that potential realized. And there's, there's a gift to that. And then there's a shadow side to that as well. You know, what's the our, shadow, what's the shadow side like? Yeah. In our culture, we say things like good is the enemy of great. And I get the sentiment behind that. And some people may need to hear that. And then there's other people where the great becomes the enemy of good. Mm -hmm. I like in that, in that striving, you don't get to enjoy the things that are around you. And in the striving for better, you miss the goodness of God and, and the things that you should celebrate and take joy in because you're all always looking to the next great thing. Mm -hmm. Great is great is something that's always out there. It's always out there. And you're, it's like a dangling carrot that you're never going to catch. And that's exhausting. That is a, that is a sad, painful way to live life. And I know that because, because I do that. It's, it's the struggle. And I've had people for 20 years, my wife, mentors, like I've had conversations with Dustin even, where I, I recognize what they're encouraging me to do is to relax into the moment and to enjoy like where I am. And I, like, I, I've heard that for 20 years and until a month ago, like, I don't think I really got it. It's like, I would not, yep, you're right. I need to do that. But I didn't really get it. Yeah. Until, until this moment about a month ago, about two months ago. So yeah, there's a, there's an Oswald Chambers quote, my utmost for his highest. I know you guys know that devotional. It's one of my favorites. I think this is an entry somewhere in the month of July. I've got it dog-eared, but Oswald Chambers 
right that what we call the journey, God calls the destination. And it's this idea that there is no there, like every there that we get to becomes a here. And now there's another there, right? That you're pursuing. Mm -hmm. And Chambers' point is God wants us to learn to trust him. And in that sense, the journey is the destination. God's constantly calling us to trust him. There is there. And I've, I've heard that and it, like I've kind of understood it. I'm trying to really let that sink in and internalize yeah. the message. Todd, I'm also reminded with like, I feel this of, of dissatisfaction when you know, you're like, I think I understand this, but I don't fully get it or I don't, it doesn't feel fully realized or I don't feel like I'm there yet or whatever that thing is. And like the, the striving in us is like, okay, if I can only figure this out, like then I'll, then I'll have everything figured out. Or if I can only, if only, but like, you can't, you can't force the click. You know, it's like the, it just feels like sometimes like I just need that, like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. And like some of that, like, I'm assuming only comes in like the fullness of time, you know, that just like, I don't know, like I can't, I can't force the, the, the timeline of my own understanding. Yeah. There's uh, yeah. I, I mean, I've used, you talk about the switch. I've used the word awakening. Like we have these moments in life where it's like, well, like now I get it. Right. I think about stuff had a miscarriage. We had been married for three or four years. She had a miscarriage and there was a grieving that she was going through that I didn't understand until they put Ethan's like Ethan in my hands. Mm -hmm. So when Ethan was born, which was our first child and the doctors put him in my hands, my very first thought was I immediately understood more of what Steph was going through in the miscarriage until then. And it was an awakening. She had talked about it and I was as there for her as I knew how to be. But the pregnancy was an idea for me. It was more than that for her because she was, she was carrying this new life. And when they put Ethan into my arms, I get it. There was a weakening. It was a, a switch had fallen. Yeah. Yeah. Those awakening moments. Mm -hmm. There's, I was, I'll share this real quick. There's a sharing my story with somebody a couple months ago and he shared this quote from a fiction book. I think it's called extremely loud and incredibly close or it's incredibly close, extremely loud, something like that. Mm -hmm. And the author writes, he's writing through the lens of an older character who's reflecting back on his life. And the character says, my only regret is that it takes a life to learn how to live. And I heard that quote probably two months ago, and I've probably shared it with somebody every other day because it's mm -hmm. exactly what you're talking about, Dustin. You, you have to live life and gain those experiences in order to have those insights that sometimes you wish you'd had in the moment. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably why remembering is so important because you, you have new experience, new knowledge, new wisdom insight by looking back and we lean back into our past 
that can propel us into whatever's next. Yeah. Yeah. So Todd, you have, you referenced a month ago, would you share a little bit about what happened, what's happened in the last month? Yeah. So you talked about milestones, which I'm not sure I totally answered your question directly, but around 2015, I'd been working at, at the church that we attended together and I, I figured I would be there the rest of my life. I love church, still love that church. And it just became clear that that season was coming to an end. And my wife and I were praying about what's next. And the thing that I love to do more than anything is to empower others um, to live out their potential, to see the potential that they don't necessarily see in themselves, help them uncover that, help them live that out. Honestly, as a pastor, that's, that's what I was doing as a pastor. And as we were talking about that, we were introduced to this idea of coaching. And so we were living in Tulsa at the time and put coaching down as something that a vision or a goal that I would love to be doing that full time. At the time we were living in Tulsa, I wasn't a part of Lighthouse Family Retreat, which is an organization that serves families living through childhood cancer, through beach retreats. All of that was before then. So between 2015 and 2019, we, there was a long journey, but we eventually moved down to Florida. And about a month after we moved to Florida, I got this job with Lighthouse, which I have loved. And anyway, we'd been here for about three years and the coaching on the side note was starting to pick up. I was getting more and more clients and getting to a place where I had to choose between the, the coach, the coaching growing or staying with Lighthouse. And because of the way I'm wired, we had set this finish line of full-time coaching and I was going to cross that line whatever it cost, right? Without even considering it, like that's the goal and that's just what you do. You finish and and in the finishing, mediocrity is not an option, right? You don't quit, you keep going. And so, yeah, so in June, I let the organization know, hey, my plan is to step out and do full-time coaching. And I was all in, 110%. In fact, my executive director came down and helped me do a service project that we were doing with a church down here. I think that was like December, December 2nd. And we had a conversation. He was asking me like, how's the coaching going? Are you all set, you know, to resign from the organization at the end of December? And I was like, yep, we're all set. I've got a full load. I've got my healthcare, all of this. Like I was 110% in. In December 6th, I was getting ready to actually go meet with clients that day. And I don't know how to explain this other than the Holy Spirit like flicked me on the forehead. I don't know that I would have explained it that way in the moment, but in retrospect, as I, as I look back on it, the Holy Spirit kind of flicked me in the forehead and I like just asked me, like, what are you doing? Is this, is this what you want to do really? And I hadn't slowed down enough to ask that question before. Right. We had set the coaching goal when we were still in Tulsa. Lighthouse wasn't even on the radar. And I could not shake that question for the rest of the day. And it, it only grew stronger. And it ended up leading to this 
this wrestling that was, it was a spiritual wrestling. It was an emotional wrestling. Ultimately it was a physical wrestling. Like, I mean, I was really carrying this. I, I think of Jacob wrestling the angel and Jacob wrestles for one night. I was wrestling for three days, three very, very difficult days. And then, and this phrasing's not lost on me. On the third day, I was beginning to work through things. My wife, Stephanie, is a therapist. And sometimes being married to a therapist is a great thing. Sometimes it can be challenging. But in this case, it was a great thing. And we were just in the room talking and she was asking me questions, trying to patiently like help me navigate you know, this wrestling that I was doing. And as we were talking, I began to process out loud, which I don't typically do. I'm an internal processor. I had been doing that for three days and it wasn't getting me anywhere. So I started processing out loud with her. And in that, in that conversation, I remembered the, my word remember. This is the end of the year, right? My word had been remember. I had not done a great job with it. And in that moment, I remembered, remember. And I thought, in that moment, I thought back to 1999-year-old me. And then as I was talking out loud, I told Steph, I said, Steph, if 2022-year-old, not 2022-year-old me, but if 2022 me could go back in time to 1999 me, and 2022 me told 1999 me, hey, Todd, in 2022, you're going to be married to Stephanie who in 1999 was not interested. You guys know what that's like, right? And I, <laughs> who was not interested. You're going to be married to, to, to Stephanie Spain, right? And you're going to have three great boys. You're going to be living in Florida. You're going to be working for an organization that serves families going through a very difficult journey with the hope of Jesus. You're going to be doing that in a retreat setting. Oh, and by the way, part of that is going to be actually on the beach, right? Like all of these things that so great. And even I even told Steph, like, and you're going to be driving a red four-door Jeep. Like I, I told her, I said, 1999 me would tackle 2022 me, like just overwhelmed with joy. And then I said, without thinking about it, and it's a problem that that's not enough for 2022 me. And it was that moment, Dustin, of the switch flipping. Like all of these things that all of my mentors and my wife, and friends, even you guys, things that you guys had told me like all made sense in that moment. Things like you've got to learn how to relax into the moment appreciate where you are. I had a mentor that told me, Todd, there's nothing to prove, only to enjoy. And in that moment, like in a way that I could only describe as an awakening, like got it for the first time. A couple of days later, as I was reflecting on it, I told Steph, I said, it's kind of like I took a 20 year journey in two days. Things that people have been trying to teach me that the Holy Spirit has been trying to teach me for 20 years, like in two days, finally sent it. And my, my word for 2023 for six months had been believe because I, 
I was stepping out into something new with the coaching. It's very Ted Lasso of you. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) In that moment, that word believe changed to a no. And I looked at Steph in that moment, right after I said, it's a problem that that's not enough for 2022 top. I looked at Steph and I said, I mean, Steph, the thing is, is I am an, and I looked at her and I said, we are not, and we haven't. And if all of that's the case, that's true. There's nothing to prove and there's only to enjoy. And as I said that out loud, in that moment, that 1999 childlike faith, like was real. I was there, even with all of the hurt, heartache, pain of, you know, the last 10 years, just that sense of optimism and, and hope and like God's got us regardless of whatever's next, God's got us. And it wasn't just an intellectual sort of belief. Like I believed in my soul and it was, it, it was a, yeah, it was, there's a sense that I hadn't had in 20 years. Just that freedom. And this is what abundant life looks like, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's the freedom of knowing God's got us. Yeah. So what did you decide about work? Yeah, so I, I told Steph, I said, well, Lighthouse has been planning for me to move on for six months. I don't like, I feel like I need to call and let the executive director, his name's Chris, know where I am. And I said, like, I don't know if there will be a job there for me or not, but I, but I feel good either way, right? If I'm coaching full time, I love to coach. That'll be great. And I will be all in, but I need to make this phone call to find out. So I called Chris the next day, kind of told him where I was. He was surprised because we had just had a conversation five days earlier, right? Where I was in a totally different place. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he took some time to think through things and we talked the next week and I moved from an operations role to a chief of staff role, just got done leading a, a team advance with the team and I get to coach within the organization to step into some more of my pastoral role ground and it's it's just it's it's been i'm just perfect fit and it's amazing how god works i that's not always the language that i use but i like i think about how i ended up where i am now and it's the most backwards way possible through human eyes Mm -hmm. as we remember as we remember god's story like that's the way it tends to work god works in very ways it always happened even the way we ended up in florida happened in the exact opposite steps that we expect to and yeah it's just god's faithfulness is fascinating because because we it's hard to see it in the moment but and again that's why that theology of remembering is so important we see god's just god's hand throughout our journeys getting us to where we are and as we remember and reflect back on that, that's where our confidence comes that he's going, his handprints are going to be, his handprints are all over today. We may not see it, right? So we're able to look back on it, but they're all over today. And they're going to be all over tomorrow. 
And I trust that because every day that I look back on, I see God's handprints in, in my history, in my past, in my journey to here. Yeah. That's beautiful, Todd. Thank you. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about your next 20 years. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what do you need to remember about right now so that you can tell 2043, Todd? Check my math, guys. <laughs> Check my math. 2043, Todd, the truth. I don't know. It might be a hard question to answer. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I think some of it is, is that I've got to be telling 2023, Todd, right? Like it's, yeah, every day reminding myself, like, I am enough. We are enough. And it's because he is enough. And, and to trust today. I don't have to worry about, would you come up with 2067, Todd, or whatever it was? <laughs> 2043. Um, Will you be, you'll be 67. I'll be 67. Ooh. That's what I was thinking wow. of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God willing, right? And we don't know. And that's just it. We don't know. I can't control the future. So I've got today and I'm going to show up faithfully today and I'm going to, I'm going to lift my eyes up, not to look out, but to look around and to just see like, I'm, I'm surrounded by God's faithfulness, beauty and God's goodness. I want to enjoy that today. I have to worry about 2043 yet. Just to be, to be present today and that there's nothing to prove. That is so hard for me, that mm -hmm. there's nothing to prove. I don't have to prove God's not a fool. I don't have to prove that I have worth. I just show up and be who God's made me to be and appreciate the life that God's given us. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's like, we're thinking about that, like the click or striving for that insight is like, Remembering is the counter to that because like you, you're remembering things that are already have happened, you know, or that are true rather than trying to strive for some new insight and like, oh, okay, if I could just figure this out, if I could just do that, it's like, no, I just need to sit and remember the truth. And it, it, it by, by its nature of remembering puts us in the correct yeah, frame of mind or, or posture. Mm -hmm. uh, that's so incandescent. I, I love that. I, and, you know, in the, in the midst of all of this, and again, you know, as we started, I, I said, like, I've been kind of nerding out on the podcast and the remembering. And a lot of that's because I go back and I listen, just about listening to your story and narrable. And that is a reminder for me, like your remembering is an encouragement for me. Yeah, even, even your story, like you ended up where you are in kind of a, like what would be described as a backwards way. And yet you see God's faithfulness through. That. It may not be the way that you would have chosen. And, and the way I've ended up where I am is not necessarily the way I would have chosen in the moment, but in retrospect, I wouldn't change it. And so hearing your story and John's story and Emily, your dad's story and Amy Ann's story and like just remembering like God's faithfulness isn't just for me, that it's 
it's at work in the lives around me and yeah I, so i can relax yeah and dustin that's so good yeah remembering is the antidote to striving I like yes that. i love it and and really what we're doing now is telling you know you're talking about being encouraged by other people's story and i think just as much as there's a call in the old testament and in the new to remember Jesus really carries the message forward by telling people to go and tell. Mm-hmm. Like I think of the the demon possessed man that he like he, the the demons go to the herd of pigs and it's this really weird story. But the nugget for me that I think is often missed is then the man says like I want to go with you and Jesus says no, I want you to go home and tell your friends what God has done for you. Yeah. And there's really there's power in him then going backward and telling people look what God has done for me. And, and that's, that's a, that's a call from Jesus to do that because, because he knows we need to hear it. We need to hear of his faithfulness and other people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, yeah, getting to tell people like, and to do it from a place where I think for the first time, I'm really understanding it. I probably have communicated this in different ways just as a pastor Mm -hmm. without fully getting it getting to look at people and telling them you are enough and and you have enough and there's nothing to prove and only to enjoy. And that doesn't mean that there's no hard parts of life, right? But we make life harder than it, than it has to be in our striving and our feeling like we approve ourselves. And when we do that, we can't enjoy. So if we set that aside, how the only thing left then is, is to enjoy. To, to fully let yeah it sounds like a good book title todd only to enjoy <laughs> yeah I, I hate writing <laughs> i know that that's true of me Ooh, maybe a podcast it. then yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well it's emily i like i've been somewhat envious of what you're doing because and you guys know like you guys know some of the people i know and, and i would include you in this i emily i i've thought like you need to be on somebody else's podcast so they can interview you about about a theology and framework of remembering mm-hmm. you're modeling it every time you're doing these podcasts but for somebody to interview you about yeah about the theology of remembering and the process and because anybody can do it and sharing those tools so people can do it you know for themselves but I, i've thought about a podcast because i've got you and john and tim otley and we've got friends in florida now that i'm just i'm so blessed to be surrounded by so many people with such wisdom and i'm so blessed by you stepping out and trying something new and it's been a blessing to me and i i I really think getting to hear some of those stories i'm sure played a part in you know december 6th for me and just remembering God's faithfulness and hearing stories of it. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. It's making a difference at least for one person. So thank you. you. Thanks. That means a lot. It really does, Todd. When I'm not good at putting myself out there, and that has truly been the hardest part, but some coaching that I got helped me to reframe that in my brain. That if I am holding back because I don't want to make it about me, then I've made it about me. 
Yeah. And I, I have reminded myself that over and over again. And it's, I think, freed me to take steps forward and remind myself that I'm enough. It doesn't, this is God's work. And I'm just going to clumsily open my hands and do my best. But it's, I mean, it's, it's infuriating how twisted and sneaky and subtle the enemy's lies are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. By not, by trying to not make it about you, you're making it about you. Like the enemy's lies are so tricky. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. I'm going to try to do a little wrap up for us, friends. Okay. Todd, Todd, thanks for being on the podcast. That was a beautiful story and also a really great reminder that Remembering doesn't have to be about one succinct, clear-cut little story. When we were talking and prepping for this episode, you said, I don't have one thing, but I have this thread line through mm -hmm. 20 years worth of what God has done. And I just love being able to capture that. And we're really grateful for you and grateful for God's work in your life and grateful that we have it recorded so you can come back and remember when you need yeah. to. I thank you. Well, I love you guys. I miss you guys very much. This has been great. I get to join you. Thanks for tuning in to our interview with Todd. He is such a dear friend to us. I hope you heard his wisdom and his authenticity because that's just who he is. If you take anything with you from this episode, I hope that it's hearing and being reminded that in Christ, you are enough. Todd said, there's nothing to prove. There's only to enjoy. God has provided for all of your needs and he loves you. Hope you have a great week. Tune in next week where we will pick back up with weekly words. I'm going to be talking about rest. Have a great week.